the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself, Bob Leffler. And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite, representing the exact opposite of every known thing in the universe is the lovely Ramon B. He's waving. He's waving. It's not video. They can't see you. Waving to the crowd. And the crowd and goes, goes mild. The crowd goes mild. Oh. I should put in a sound effect there. Yeah. Applause. The crowd. Oh, yeah. You know, that's what we, a screaming crowd. Yes. I'll of, have to look that up. Of drunk people. Now, uh, we always start with what I like to call the headlines of the day. Now, the new people don't know this, but the old folks do. You mean like senior citizens? Did we talk about Sam Bankman Freed yet? No, we have not. Okay. Remember that guy? I do vaguely. Sam Bankman. I believe you two share the same love of Afros, if I'm not mistaken. Sam Bankman Freed of Bitcoin FTX fame. Watch your mouth, sir. Has lost his fraud court cases. Did you hear about that? Yes. Mm -hmm. He was also found guilty of awful hair in fashion choices. Wow. You know, the hair. He was he represented the fat guy in the tracksuit. You know, the fat guy in the tracksuit, it's a look. It is a look. Mm-hmm. But you had a very similar style of hair back in the day, did you not? I was not? the skinny guy. I looked like a giant Q-tip. <laughs> I was a walking very free. Yeah, I had a giant afro. You know, the, the afro's coming back. Have you noticed that? I have, yes, yeah. yes. So I'll be in the gym. Now I have, have you seen it, the picture of my afro mm-hmm. on my screensaver on my phone, Looks which I was holding up as if this was a video podcast. Yeah, but of no, but I, I, I see it. Now, if people were to search the internet, Google my name, what they would not see is me with a giant afro because we keep that secret to try to protect the integrity of the business. I, I, the first time I saw your phone sitting there and I said, mm-hmm. said to myself, what, he must have some fascination with uh, Bob Ross, the painting guy. I did look like Bob Ross, the yeah. painting guy. Mm-hmm. But no, that's you. Know, you. there's a movie, a new movie out about Bob Ross. Did you see that? Yes, it's kind of about him. Did but you watch not really, it? No. I've heard about it. It's not really about him, but it is about him. I heard it was okay. Fascinating guy. And uh, there's a documentary about his life as well that is rather interesting. Hmm. His managers kind of now own his licensing, his likeness, his everything. I forget where. Oh, I know where I went. I went to Sacramento, California. Have you been to Sacramento? No. Okay. Downtown Sacramento it's kind of an old west town, kind mm-hmm. of like downtown Scottsdale used to be yeah. with a hitching post and that kind of thing. So it's got kind of an old west theme, a lot of historic old buildings. But I noticed that I would go in these you know, uh, gift shops where there it's tourist traps 
And there was Bob Ross swag and crap mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, they were just pimping out this Bob Ross guy like crazy. And nobody nobody knows who he is except Not, my age people. Well, I think somehow he's he's become bigger on YouTube where people just that right? watch his Channel old television eight. show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, somebody else owns his face and everything else that goes with it. I wish somebody else owned my face. I really do. That'd be great. That'd be great. I hope after I'm dead somebody makes a buck buck off of this crap that we're doing. Wouldn't that be nice? We won't see the residuals. No. No. We don't don't need to worry about that. So, yeah, Sam Bankman-Fried. Oh, that's a shame, huh? We'll file that over here. Let's put that word. Yeah, that's where that goes. That's where that belongs. So we're supposed to talk about real estate. Well, yep. We always finally get around to the real estate, right? That's what pays the big bucks. So uh, let's see. Last week, it, seemed, well, it was only a week ago, we were talking about the securing the signature at the end of the, at the, end of the listing presentation, how to make that easy. Um, then you've got the listing uh, and – you know, you want to make the seller happy if you have if you have the listing. Now, one of the secrets to that is solve problems without them ever finding out there was a problem. So sometimes there's problems that need the seller's attention, uh, but if you keep bringing problems to the attention of the seller then telling them what you're going to do to solve it, then solving it, and then telling them that you solved it. Uh, that I guess that's one way of looking at it, but it just makes it seem like a nonstop pain in the butt because there's lots of problems in, in every real estate transaction typically. But you know, my theory is don't, don't ever mention there was a problem. So if you can make that problem go away without the seller ever finding out about it, I think that's probably a better way to go. Um, so the other thing I want to talk about is negotiating. So the entire real estate industry is on the side of the buyer. So I am a fan of uh, this, okay? If I'm the seller, what I want is to sell my house and get more money for it than fair market value by quite a bit. So – does that make me unique? Is are most sellers that way? Would you be that way as a fearless agent if you went to sell your house, um, or you're an agent, not a fearless agent, but you're just listening to the Fearless Agent podcast, and you were going to sell your house? Would you like to sell it f- to get more money than it's worth by quite a bit? I think most people would say yes. So now. If I want to sell my house for more than it's worth when I'm the seller, what does the buyer want? And initially you'd say, well, I want to, I want to buy it for less than it's worth. No. If I'm the buyer, what I want to get is the best house of all the houses that I can afford. And if I have to overpay to get it, like I did on my house, so, so when I was looking for houses – uh, for a house, I should say, uh, when I was going to buy the house I bought and am currently living in, um, I money was not the issue. I wanted to get the the right house. So I remember I uh, I 
it was brand new. I was one day on the market, and uh, I fell in love with the house. I go, this is the right house with me for me. And then I uh, a couple of lessons from that. I I I I go over to see the house now. My I had a real. I was working with a real estate agent, even though I was one, but I was busy. So she was, you know, looking for. So she says, "Hey, there's a house that just came on the market." Now there were no pictures of it in the MLS, so it it was on the market with no pictures. And this is back in the day when maybe maybe that isn't the way it works now. But back then, it took a couple of days to get pictures in the MLS, so I uh, didn't see it. So in Arizona, there are two types of houses. There are houses that look like houses, and there are houses that look like a Taco Bell. So, Ramon, you're a homeowner. Does your house look like a house or a Taco Bell? I would say it's a taco-shaped house, really. (laughs) It sounds delicious. It is. (laughs) Now, does your house have – what's it made out of? Stucco? Stucco, yes. You have the stucco. Well, yes. that's Taco Bell-ish. Does it have a clay tile roof? No. Okay. So it has asphalt shingle roof? Correct. Okay. So that's that's uh, half taco. Half taco. Half taco bell. So Half bean burrito. If we go back to Ohio, we're not going to see stucco houses with clay tile roofs that all look the same color. There's a lot of beige here. Have you noticed that? A lot. So I, I like houses that look like houses. I don't like houses that look like Taco Bell. I hate desert landscaping. Do you have desert landscaping, Ramon? Do rocks count? Yeah. So yes, I do. Only rocks? Do you have grass? Uh, do weeds In cra- the front? Do you, are no. you supposed to have grass in the front? I do not. All river rock. Rock. Is that right? Rock as far as the eye can see. Okay, so I hate that. I love that. And that goes with Taco Bell. I love it. I know. So I like Arcadia, you know, the grass. Fair enough, but you got to cut that stuff. Of course. Well, I have people for that. (laughs) Well, I don't have people. What are illegal aliens for anyway? Come on. That's what I, that's what I have. I have guys that don't speak English that that come and do my lawn. Don't I you, Emma? I need a crickets sound effect. <laughs> Is that okay to say? They're they're nice people. They love me. I love them. Who could not love you? Well, I overpay them. So. I pay them to love me. Is what I said. That's, that's right. what I meant. So so uh, I go to the I go to the house and I immediately think, oh. It's Taco Bell. I hate Taco Bell because I didn't see the picture. So rule number one, please write this down, folks. The picture would have turned me off and I wouldn't have gone to see the house. They say a picture is worth a thousand, Ramon? Tacos. Dollars. Darn. Which is what you use to buy tacos. A picture is worth a thousand dollars, but you better have the right thousand words so the picture would have turned me off, and I would not have gone to see that house. So I'm there. The seller's expecting me. I go and knock. My wife's at work. I go and knock on the door. I go, hi, I'm Bob, and I'm sitting here to see your house at Taco Bell, whatever, you know. He goes, oh, yeah, come on inside. So he opens the door. The heavenly host is singing. Ah, this is absolutely the perfect house. Once I get inside, I completely forget that it has desert landscaping in the front, stucco, it's Taco Bell, and I say, oh, this is per- – it's windows all across the back, windows all around, beautiful, overlooking the pool in the backyard. It's perfect, right? So I just look around. Everything's perfect. I go, oh, my gosh, this is the perfect house. So then – now he, the seller – 
Another lesson, he keeps following me around and saying, oh, we did this and we did that and I did fixed up this and I'm, I'm – he goes – I, I'm kind of a handy guy. He goes, I put in all the ceiling fans. Okay, let's fast forward a couple of years later. The ceiling fan caught my house on fire, Mr. Handyman, right? So uh, that's fun. The fire department is pulling my roof down or my ceiling down. So the uh, uh, he's he's just constantly running his mouth talking to me. and But I'm a trained professional at ignoring human beings, so it doesn't even phase me. So I, I go, oh, my gosh, this house is perfect. And then I said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to call my wife. I'm going to get her to come back over here with me because I know she's going to love the house. He goes, OK. So I call my wife. I said, honey, come come and see the house with me, right? So she comes. We get We knock on the door. He – here's lesson number three. He's following us around again, chatting, talking to my wife. I I I show her the house. I'm a trained professional real estate. Right? I get outside, and I said, "What do you think?" She goes, "Eh." I go, "Are you kidding me right now?" I go, "That's the perfect house." She goes, "Nah, it's okay." I said, "No, no, no, no. This is the perfect. We're never going to find a better house than this. It's got everything we want." She goes, "I don't, I don't, I don't think so." I go, "Okay, get back to work." So she goes back to work. I call the agent. I said to the agent, I said, you get that guy out of that house, that nitwit, chatty little magpie seller. You get that moron out of the house and I'm bringing my wife back, okay? I said, handle that, dude. So he calls me back. He goes, I can't get him to leave. I can't get him to leave. He wants to be there for every showing. Okay, everybody write this down. Satanic seller, not home when people show the house. Okay, so finally I keep closing the guy. I said, you got to get that idiot out of the house. I'm going to buy that house. But my wife, he, he she couldn't focus, you know, because the guy was talking. So then he calls me back. He goes, okay, I talked him into leaving, but he goes, he wants me to be there. Now, there's nothing worth the, – the house is – you know, I don't know what he thinks we're going to steal or do there. So uh, I said, okay, but when, you, when I show up, you're not allowed to talk. He goes, oh, don't worry. I won't talk. So I take her back. We go. We sit down in the living room. We sit down in the family room. She goes, you're right. This is the most amazing house we'll ever find. Him not being there sold her on the house. So rule of thumb, never have the seller home or if you're the agent, never talk when you're showing the house. So I would – when I would show houses, I would go you know, open up the inside, open up the windows, make sure the lights are on and then I would let the people in and I'd say, you just go look on your own. And I'm going to go out and make a phone call. So I'd go out to my car, call my wife. I'd say, hey, what are you doing? She goes, I'm at work. I go, me too. Right. So then we'd chat, and then I'd see that the people were in the backyard and then I would come back in the house. I would sit in the most uncomfortable chair in the room where they are going to literally live their life, which is normally the family room, not the living room. The living room is usually that museum of furniture that nobody's ever sat in, right? So I, I will sit in the most uncomfortable chair in the family room and then when they come back in, I'm not talking. I'm sitting there looking at my phone 
And then they, if they sit down with me in the room, they're dead. They're buying the house every time because they're looking around going, hmm, I think I could live here. That's how people buy houses. Huh, I think I could live here. If they're not saying, gee, I think I could live here, it's not going to happen. So never talk when you're showing a house is, is, a good, is a good rule of thumb. I will say one of the most uh, interesting parts of when we were looking for our home was when the uh, real estate agent uh, opened up the door to the house we were going to look at. And when he opened the door, roo, 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 behind this huge cage is this massive dog that they still left in the house for us to find. And we didn't even go in. We turned around, high-tailed it right on out of there. Yeah, when you go to model homes, you know, with the big American flag and they trap you behind the gate and they've yeah. you know, professionally, uh, they've got that miniature furniture that makes the house look bigger. Um, do they ever have a dog humping your leg? No. No, that's odd, isn't it? You think, why don't the, why don't the builders put a dog humping your leg in there? Or why? how come they don't have that chatty little magpie seller following you around? That could they, have been the nicest house in the world, but we weren't even going to just go around that huge cage. We're like, no. Not going. Yeah. And by the way, if you do enjoy a dog humping your leg, you're not the buyer for me. It's <laughs> just rule you out as a client. But that's a that's a that's another point altogether. So then I uh I call up the agent and I said, Yes, it's true. When your seller isn't in that house, it is my favorite house. And I said, I'm gonna write you an offer. He goes, Well, we do have another offer or two. I go, I go, Oh. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You tell me what I have to pay. I said, here's what's not going to happen. You are not going to come back to me and say, oh, we sold it to the other people. No, 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 no. You tell me what I have to pay to win, and I will win. I am going to waive the home inspection. I am going to buy it as is. You will not hear me asking for repairs of any kind, no matter what. I am going to put down any amount, you, you tell me, of non-refundable, hard, earnest money, and I'll pay any amount you want. So he tells me, okay. So I was so worried. I mean, the fear of loss of not getting to live in my favorite house and explaining to my wife five years later why we're not living in her favorite house when I'm a realtor, for goodness sakes. So did I want a good deal? No. I wanted to win and overpay, and I did overpay because he told me the number that I had to pay, and it literally was probably 40000 less than I would have paid, so he screwed up. So I got to live in my favorite house. Now, you might not like my house. It's kind of taco, but now the first thing I say is- I know is, you won't like my house. I'm getting rid of this- crappy desert landscape and that's the first thing i'm going to do is get rid of that and by the way these countertops of the kitchen i'm ripping those out now do you think i still have desert landscaping yes of course you do. I sure. do. <laughs> same countertop haven't haven't lifted a finger because i'm lazy except for that fearless ceiling. lazy except for that ceiling fan ceiling fan came down yeah. yeah yeah that's a funny story i was uh my daughter is 10 she was a brownie so, yeah, she's dressed in a little brownie outfit. Now, I'm a Floyd Wickman trainer, so I'm flying around the country. So I'm sleeping in because I've got a flight, and I'm going to be leaving at about uh, 
probably 10 a.m. for my flight. So my wife wakes me up and she says, I smell something. I go, like what? She goes, I, f- I think I smell smoke. I go, really? She goes, I'm not sure. I go, okay, well, I'll get up and I'll go sniff. So I'm sniff. we're walking all around, outside the house, inside the house. I go, do I smell it or do I- is it my imagination? I'm not sure if I smell smoke or not. And then, uh, you know, the kid's getting ready for school. And then uh, I thought, nah, it's- I don't smell anything. I'm going to go back to bed. And then I thought, wait a minute. I'm a taxpayer. I'll get those darn fire department guys over here, hunky firemen, and let them – so they come and they have these heat-sensing things and my wife is walking out the door taking my daughter to school as they're pulling the ceiling down and the fire is coming down in the wow. house. My wife, of course, not you – know, the kid's going, bye, daddy. <laughs> it's like, But what if I had flown away? Yeah. What if I had gotten on a flight? I would have come home to a burned-down house because the chatty magpie seller is not as good an electrician as he thought he was probably. Man. Yeah. So there's a lot of lessons in that story. Fewer pictures mean more showings, right? Uh, Don't talk while selling. A lot of stuff. So the industry is on the side of the buyer. Nobody is looking out for the seller. So if you're the listing agent, your job is to be honest to the buyer about the condition of the house and the suitability of the house for that buyer. Uh, But the seller, your job is to get the seller as much of the buyer's money as possible. So when you're when you're negotiating, which we're going to talk about next week. When we come back here next week, I think we're going to talk more about negotiating deals and stuff like that. But but um, just if you're the buyer agent, your job isn't to get them the best deal. Your job is to get them the right house. And if it takes overpaying for it, then that would be fair. So in my little narrow view of the world, uh, I overpaid for my house. And I was happy to do it, very happy that I overpaid for the house because now I don't have some other guy living in my favorite house. By the same token, when I go to sell that house, you can bet that I will make the buyer grossly overpay like I did uh, for that same house. And that to me is fair and that's the way the world works. So if you would like to show your sellers how they can get net tens of thousands of extra dollars, like all fearless agents are able to do. Uh, If you're earning less selling real estate than you wish you were, and you're open to the idea of having some help with that. If any of the stuff we talk about on the Fearless Agent Podcast makes any sense to you whatsoever, you can call me anytime at 480-385-8810. That is my cell phone. And I'll do a complimentary coaching call for you. At the end of it, I will not be closing you. You will know that Fearless Agent coaching is a good fit for you or not. If it is, you can sign up for my coaching at fearlessagent.com, but we're not going to be closing you. Uh, If it's not a good fit for you and you know that, there may be other ways I can help you. For example, you can subscribe to fearlessagent.tv, watch our videos. You can subscribe to this podcast. Uh, Oh, if you're an owner, 
and you happen to be recruiting fewer producing agents than you wish you were, you can go to fearlessagentrecruiting.com, watch that video, and then call me for a complimentary recruiting coaching call. But no matter what, we want to help you in any way I can. So once again, I want to thank all of you for joining us here on The Big Shoe today. Uh, Please do visit us at fearlessagent.com. Watch our free webinar. Uh, Then call me for the coaching call at 480-385-8810. Please do give us a five-star review of this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Until next week, do what we always do. Always have fun. Be humble. Most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.